This is the Rubin Report Direct Message. I am Dave Rubin, according to the documents in front of me on my trusty iPad. And uh, what we're going to do with this show, which we launched last week, is three days a week, roughly. Sometimes it'll be four. Sometimes maybe it'll be five. Sometimes maybe two shows in a day as we get closer to the election. Uh, I'm going to be waking up, having my trusty cup of coffee, and sitting down with my producer, Michael, and we're going to pick just two or three stories of the day that I think sum up the sort of political, cultural, and social madness that we're all dealing with. I'm going to try to lay them out for you guys in an easily digestible way and hopefully not make you feel crazier because pretty much everybody else doing anything news-related is trying to make you crazy. Uh, So today, we're going to cover three stories, which I'm going to briefly tell you about right now, and then we'll get into each one. First off, uh, you know, when I did my August off the grid thing, I came back and I thought, you know, one of the things I'm going to do less of, even though I'm, I'm pretty good about it, I think, but one of the things I'm going to do less of is get involved in Twitter spats, right? Twitter drama, celebrity versus celebrity, politician versus regular person, regular person destroys other regular person. I'm going to try to do a little bit less of that and be less involved in those kind of things. But over the Labor Day weekend, uh, Candace Owens, uh, who you guys all know, who's a good friend of mine, and Cardi B, the rapper, they got into a, a Twitter blowout that I think is actually totally politically and culturally relevant and worth diving into. So we're going to talk about that a little bit. Uh, Then we're going to talk about Dick Morris, who was a former Democrat. He was a Bill Clinton uh, advisor when Bill Clinton was president. Uh, He has now uh, turned, he has turned, he has now joined the dark side. He is now a Republican. uh, And he was on a radio show on WABC in New York. And he had an interesting commentary on the fact that he thinks that Trump will win re-election, he will keep the swing states, but then that this will all be kicked back to the courts and ultimately have to be decided by Chief Justice John Roberts. So we're going to talk about that. And then we're going to talk about a story that we we talked about last week. Um, You may remember Nancy Pelosi uh, up in San Francisco, wonderful uh, representative we have up there. Uh, and the leader of the House, she uh, went and got a haircut, even though she was telling people she couldn't get haircuts. Well, now protesters are showing up at her house with hair irons, hanging them in trees. It's a whole brouhaha. Uh, But before I get to that real quick, I wanted to mention that it was Labor Day weekend here, and we had record, record temperatures in Los Angeles. It was completely bananas. On Saturday, there were parts of LA very close to where I live, just 10 or 15 minutes away, that got up to, I think, Woodland Hills, was 121 degrees. There were literally uh, orange cones, you know, that they put in the streets to move traffic that were melting into the streets. It was about 115 where I live. It was unbearable. And our mayor, Eric Garcetti, God bless him, uh, instead of doing anything to fix the power grid or address these issues, knowing that temperatures have been wacky and we get fires and all sorts of stuff, and that the air quality, when you open up your Apple weather thing, the air quality is like, you're going to die today. I thought that was a little excessive. Um, but instead of doing anything to fix the, the power grid and ensure that we'd all be able to use air conditioning, you know, like in most um, functioning countries, uh, he basically told us all to unplug things and set your thermostats up to 78, which it's just so obvious. This is such an example of what Democrats do with everything, which is you think he was sitting there in 78 degrees. Uh, in his house, in his mansion, and and pulling out 
appliances. It's like no freaking way. And this is the same thing with Pelosi getting the haircut and the rest of it. All right, last thing before we get to the stories, guys, we are doing the direct message in conjunction with the fine folks over at Blaze TV. And you guys can jump over to the Blaze. They've got a really interesting documentary right now. It's called Riding the Dragon. And it really goes into the Biden family connections with the Communist Party in China and the over billion dollars that Hunter Biden's company, Hunter Biden, who of course is Joe Biden's son, uh, that he got, even though Hunter Biden had no experience in the energy sector and the money that he got, and a whole bunch of things that the Biden family and the Communist Party of China have been doing together. And, you know, it's a documentary. They lay it out, and you can decide. If you want to check it out, you can become a Blaze TV subscriber and watch the entire documentary. Uh, start your free trial today and save 20 bucks off a one-year subscription with the code DRAGON20. Just head over to blazetv.com. Now, let's do the news. Okay, so first up, Cardi B versus Candace Owens. Now, I know you all know Candace Owens. She's been on the show many times. Actually, her new book, Blackout, just came out, and uh, we're gonna interview her. We're gonna be putting that up in just a couple days. Uh, I love Candace. Cards on the table, right? Like, I, first off, by the way, I should say, when I'm doing these, I don't consider myself a journalist. I'm just someone telling you the news and giving you my perspective. There's too many journalists out there uh, that are just the people that are talking their opinions. Uh, but so cards on the table. I, I love Candace. She's a good friend of mine. Uh, and Cardi B, I'm not a huge rap fan. I always tell people I, I like chill ambient music. And then I like the old crooners. I like Frank Sinatra. I like Frankie Valli, pretty much anyone named Frank, apparently. But Cardi B is a rapper. She's done interviews with Joe Biden and Instagram lives with uh, AOC. So she's involved in the political world. And uh, she also has this WAP song, which was a huge hit over the summer. I didn't know about it until a couple days ago when I got back on the grid. But WAP uh, stands for wet ass pussy and it involves a bucket. And apparently she's got some problems, uh, but it's a big song. It's, it's blowing up right now. So this is Candace Owens versus Cardi B. And, and I'm not just doing this to be silly. I think they actually got into something kind of substantive here. And it started when Candace was on Ben Shapiro's Sunday special. Let's take a look at the clip. I completely agree with your assessment about Cardi B. Um, it is one of the biggest insults. If black Americans are not insulted by the fact that Joe Biden, who has been hiding in his basement um, you know, for the entire year, made an appearance and came up because he was going to do an interview with Cardi B, do we, do we have nothing better to offer? I mean, this would be akin to Donald Trump saying, I'm going to give no interviews, but he came up and he decided to give an interview to Justin Bieber, right? I mean, which I actually, Justin Bieber, I am sorry. I know you are a Christian man. I don't even want to put you in the same boat as Cardi B. Um, but it, it would be absurd, right? White America would go, what, what is this? Why are, why are you being interviewed by Justin Bieber? And it's because you're pandering, right? You're pandering. You look at Cardi B's Instagram, you see she has millions of followers, and you think, okay, this is an illiterate person, and if I, if I appeal to this illiterate person and she does, oh, like she literally did uh, uh, in the middle of this interview. They think she's cool, she's hip, just by sitting here and, and taking this interview, black people will vote for me. It's basically saying, black people, you are stupid, you are dumb, and you're so foolish. I mean, do you think, what if she had just said in the middle of the interview, Joe Biden, can you name one Cardi B album? No, Joe Biden, do me a favor, just one Cardi B lyric. He couldn't do it. Of course he's not, because he's being handled, and they're saying black people like this person. This is what they're into. And, and so here you go. Talk to her. Okay, so Cardi B then heard what Candace said, and she hit back. She did a couple videos, I think four videos on Instagram. She wasn't on camera, 
uh, but you could hear her talking. And the exact quote that she said, she's talking about Candace, she says she has an identity crisis. Just because she's black doesn't mean she gives a F about blacks. Um, and you can hear Cardi B also saying that Candace Owens' husband, George, uh, is part of a group that she likened to an upper-class KKK in the UK. Now, first off, I was at Candace and George's wedding. George is a great guy. Uh, they are a fantastic couple. The wedding was one of the most spectacular weddings I've ever been to, and it was just filled with, with love, and there were black people and white people, and there were straight people and gay people, and, and there were Republicans and Democrats. It was, it was a truly uh, just, a, just an absolutely wonderful wedding with a, with a meeting of families. George comes from an upper-class family in the UK. Candace comes from Philly, from mostly a lower middle-class family, and that everybody was just dancing and having a great time. So like just this nonsense from Cardi B. But anyway, that's what her take on what Candace said was. And then, uh, you know Candace, so she's not just going to sit there and take it. So Candace uh, followed up with a couple tweets, and I'm going to read them to you. She said, Malcolm X warned us years ago about the puppetry of interviews like Cardi B and Joe Biden. He always spoke out against the white liberal game of using entertainers as pawns. This isn't really about you, Cardi B. This is about black America waking up to Democrat racism. She went on in another tweet to say, never listen to a person that has private security but wants the public police defunded. Never listen to a millionaire that made it here in America but trashes our country. These Hollywood idols are frauds leading sheep down paths they never took when they discovered success. So, so Candace makes what I think are pretty cogent, salient points. And Cardi B then jumps back in. Cardi B says, well, paying taxes is something that as much as I hate, it's a reality. I will always have to pay, but I rather my tax money go to free education than police funding. Use my money on something useful your president use our tax money to fund his empty campaign runs. So Trump uses his campaign money. He uses the tax money to fund his campaign. Is that, is that right? Well, Candace jumped back in and said, one, your tax dollars already to go to, already go to free education genius. That is true. Two, no campaign uses tax dollars for funding. That is illegal. That is also true. And three, defunding police initiatives has led to 200% increases in black men getting shot in inner cities. Stop supporting black people dying. Anyway, they've gone back and forth a little bit more. There's some memes involved and, and you know, retweeting the haters and the lovers and the whole thing. But I think this is worth talking about because it's illustrating what is happening here. You can either think that the policies that got everything wrong. If you believe that the black community has been left behind and that there's a policing problem and a jailing problem and all of those things, then those are all policies of the past that you would wanna look at and say, what happened? Now, as you know, I have talked to people like Thomas Sowell and Larry Elder and David Webb and many others who believe that though the policies that the Democrats installed help break down the black family, thus leading to all of these other problems. I know that's a dangerous topic to talk about, but it is the truth. And then the Democrats get people stuck on the dole and you can't get off and can't get a better job because if you get a better job, then you're going to lose the benefits, lose the place where you live, 
and all of those things. That is not a um, shot at any black person or any person, period, that's on the public dole. It's just the nature of reality. If you're given X amount, it's going to be much harder for you to put that aside and go get what's yours, which is the American dream. So when you see Candace and Cardi B going after this uh, and going into this fight, first off, it, you know, putting aside the Twitter fights, they, they sort of are what they are. But the battle of ideas here is actually real and important. And one of the things that for as crazy as the world seems right now, one of the things that I think is very cool is that whether you love Cardi B or you love Candace or whatever it is, uh, especially on the Cardi B side, let's assume that most of Cardi B's fans are not traditional political people, right? Candace's maybe, she now comes more from that world. But if Cardi B's people are now seeing her get involved into this fight with Candace and then reading the stuff, well, maybe some of them are waking up. So that's why I thought this was actually relevant and not just, I'm not just doing a girl cat fight on Twitter kind of thing. Uh, so we will see where these fights lead us. Uh, I suspect there will be many more such fights uh, in the days to come. Story number two here is that uh, Dick Morris, who was a uh, Bill Clinton advisor, you know, 20 plus years ago, he was a Democrat and a Bill Clinton advisor. Uh, he later uh, transitioned, let's say, to becoming a Republican. He was on WABC radio this morning, and he was talking about how he believes that Trump will win. He believes that the, uh, the, the states in the middle right? Those states that could go either way, the purple states, as we call them, uh, that they are going to break towards Trump as they broke towards Trump in 2016. Uh, but that that will not be enough. He's got a couple interesting quotes here that are, that are worth laying out. What he says is that blue state governors are mailing out tens of millions of ballots. They're going to be returned with a vote on them, probably for Biden. Day after day, week after week, you're going to find another million ballots counted here, another half million there. And gradually, these Democratic liberal secretaries of state who are in charge of the election in most of these blue states will say, we're sorry. It turns out that Biden carried Wisconsin, not Trump. Then he argues that the next thing that Trump is going to have to do is going to bring lawsuits to the state courts and that the state courts are, and this is his quote, are largely liberal, largely Democrat, and they will rule in favor of the state that Biden carried it. And then his argument is that ultimately this will get to the federal level, which is going to get it to the Supreme Court. And then this will all fall on the feet of Chief Justice John Roberts. Now, let me just say this. That would be an epic, bonkers disaster. Okay, that would be absolutely absolutely terrible. The idea that the Supreme Court would ultimately be making the decision of what votes count, when they count, that they could even count them properly and make a, a, a sort of uh, decision that everyone would accept is seriously, seriously dangerous. By the way, this isn't uh, the first time that something like this would have happened because obviously we have had this with uh, Bush and Gore you know, 20 years ago. Uh, but this is seriously, seriously dangerous. And one of the things that I'm worried about right now is everybody, regardless of your Republican, your Democrat, lefty, righty, conservative, liberal, whatever it is, everyone's sort of setting the table so that if your guy doesn't win, that somehow you're going to be able to argue <clears throat> that somehow you're going to be able to argue that the election is is invalid. Uh, Bernie Sanders sent out a, a crazy long Twitter thread talking about how 
uh, the Democrats are going to have to figure out a way to make sure everything's counted if Trump won't step down. And, and by the way, this is something the Democrats have been, well, frankly, the Democrats have been doing this right since, since the election of 2016, between impeachments and fake scandals and undermining the president every which way. And I think you could probably make the argument the other way, that if it's very a very close win for Biden, that of course there's going to be a certain amount of Trump supporters and Republicans that won't accept the election. I, I see that version less. I see that less because there is there does, at least in my mind, seem to be more of a respect for law and order in the system. So much of what's coming out of the Democrats these days is burn down the system. So it's like, if you don't get the guy you get in, well, your whole modus operandi is burn down the system anyway. So let's just really burn it down if we don't get the guy. There's less of that when it comes to conservatism because there's a belief in the system. There's a belief in the three branches of government. There's a belief in the constitution and the bill of rights and things like that. But I'm not gonna say that there's no version of that on the right. Um, this is a major problem though, because if you think we're polarized right now, and I would venture to say that we are at least slightly polarized here in America, um, the idea that this would be taken to the Supreme Court is dangerous and scary, and it's it's sort of, you know, look, we're seeing people right now, there were a bunch of videos just in the last couple of days of just people that are eating food at restaurants, having a drink at outdoor restaurants, and then Black Lives Matter, Antifa people come and they literally just attack the restaurants, they're throwing glasses at people, breaking things. Uh, I'm sure you guys have seen these videos. And if you think that that's bad, well, imagine what it will feel like when half the country doesn't accept the results of the election. And at a certain level, it does feel like the media is kind of ramping us all up to, to accept that that is the inevitable outcome here, that half the country is going to be left, you know, basically, basically wanting revolution. And that's really, really dangerous. And for those of us that are, you know, somewhat clear minded, that somehow accept that you're not going to always have your guy in office and that what you want to do is lay the, fr the framework, the groundwork for better ideas to get across. Well, we better start trying to, you know, lower the temperature on this thing. I think that's what I'm trying to do. And we'll see if other people join me in it. But if this thing goes to the Supreme Court, it, it's going to for, forget everything related to violence and people on the street. Just imagine the months and months, if not year of craziness that will lead us to and just the endless tenor of this. Right. It's not healthy. In, in a good democracy, I think you want a government that's so small that you don't have to be obsessed with it because it's like, oh, I didn't get the guy I wanted. Well, he can't do that much. And the trade-off there, of course, is, oh, you get the guy you, you wanted and you can't do everything you want. And that, that's what a healthy democracy should be going for. I'm not quite sure that that's what we have at the moment. All right, guys, one, one more story for you that I think sort of fits in everything that I'm talking about here, about how do we get out of the craziness? Because I just mentioned you know, this idea of these people that are showing up at restaurants. I, I, just think of the gall of somebody so you have a political belief, whatever your Black Lives Matter, <clears throat> excuse me, whatever your Black Lives Matter, Antifa, progressive, tolerant, diverse beliefs are, whatever your political beliefs are, you're, you're marching down the street and then you just decide that you can, you know, attack people and ruin people's times who are, you know, sitting with their families having dinner. Well, last week we saw Nancy Pelosi, who is the Speaker of the House, basically in many ways the most powerful Democrat. I think... I think you could argue that she, she's more powerful, at least at the moment, than Joe Biden. I mean, putting aside all of Joe Biden's 
mental problems and, and you know, the whole putting aside all of that, um, you know, she is the Speaker of the House, right? She, she moves the levers of Congress. So she's got a lot of power. Uh, she has been a, uh, one of the chief instigators in these lockdowns. And of course, she shows up at this salon. She's now blaming the salon owner, right? She's blaming the salon owner for setting her up as if she didn't know the laws that she herself was passing, which it's like, you know, the buck stops with me. That's not a policy that these people have. The buck stops with nobody. Uh, that, that is one of the problems for modern politicians in general. It's like, we need people that say, these are my decisions. I'm the decider and we're gonna live with these decisions. And instead she gets her hair cut while other people aren't getting their hair cut, while people who own salons, who own restaurants, who own mom and pop sh stores and whatever it might be, they're all going out of business, but she's still able to get a haircut. She's able to eat her ice cream and all of that stuff. Uh, so she did that. And then as if it wasn't bad enough that she got the haircut, she got caught. Then she blames the salon owner. The salon owner, by the way, was on Tucker Carlson last week and basically was like, you know, Pelosi's a liar. Uh, but putting some of those things away, where this leads and sort of the transition I'm making from when people are attacking you at a, at a restaurant when you're sitting outside and, and they don't know what your poli poli uh, political beliefs are. They just think that, oh, you're sitting there and we, our cause is so just. And this is what, this is what the, the Marxists and the progressives have tricked everybody into thinking. They've tricked young people into thinking that our cause is so just and we're fighting so many Nazis that we can do whatever we want, whenever we want. If we want to rip down a statue, that's fine. If we want to burn down a building, that's fine. If someone's driving a car off down a bridge, you're allowed to stop them like a literal troll would do in a, in a fairy tale. Um, but you take that, right? You take that mindset. Well, what happened? So then what did the people on the other side do? Well, then people who don't like Nancy Pelosi showed up at her house and they brought hair dryers and hair irons and curling irons and I don't know what all that stuff is, but they hung a bunch of them in the tree outside of her house to mock her hypocrisy. Now, again, I don't mind protests. I love protest, right? Protest is the most American thing that you can do. Exercising your free speech is the most American thing you can do. So I don't have a problem with these people, but what I do have an issue with is just the creeping disintegration of all of the norms. Like you don't want people showing up to politicians' homes the same way you may remember, what was it, six or eight months ago when activists, BLM and Antifa people, showed up at Tucker Carlson's home and his wife and his, I think, three kids were inside and they were scared out of their minds. Uh, you don't want this leaking in, we've watched politics leak into every part of society, right? It's ruined sports, it's ruined, movies and TV shows. Actually, in the next couple of days, I'll, I'll do a segment on that. Uh, just trying to find something on Netflix that hasn't been completely infected by social justice is just so freaking difficult right now. But in any event, we now have people showing up at politicians' homes, and I see that just as dangerous, whether they were showing up at Pelosi's home or whether they were, whether they were showing up at Mitch McConnell's home. A quote from one of the uh, protesters was, what she has done is a slap in the face of not just the salon owner, but every woman, every man, every person who's unemployed in the state of California, who has just lost their jobs and lost their livelihoods, many of whom are my friends. Well, you know what? You're absolutely right. And I'm not telling you not to be out there. But what I am telling you is I decided, as you guys know, to stay in California and fight. 
I think we can get rid of people like Pelosi. I think we can get rid of people like Eric Garcetti here in Los Angeles. I think we can get rid of people like Gavin Newsom, the governor, and we can vote in more centrist, conservative, small government thinking people. We've got a chance. I said it last week and I'll keep saying it. Ronald Reagan, he was the governor of California and he was a Democrat actor before that. We've got a chance, people.